Let's go. Dermot and Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Believe Tour with Sky on Today FM. Thanks to our friends at Sky and Today FM, the Dermot and Dave show. We are travelling to Australia on Monday after the show and we are going, of course, to bring you all the crack, the colour, the fun, the football of the girls in green and their adventure down under. Three games in the group stages. Obviously, they're guaranteed. So we will play Australia, we'll play Canada, and we'll play Nigeria. I'm hopeful we'll get out of this group and we'll have more games after that. But they're the first three. They're the guaranteed games. We'll be there for all of them. It's a big tournament. Some would say the world's biggest football <laughs> tournament. It's also on a very big continent. Just how do you organise something like this? Well, our next guest is a technical expert who will be working at the biggest stage in football next week. FIFA technical director, Kelly Cross, based in Australia. That's where he is now. Hello, Kelly. Dermot, Dave, how are you? We're Great. good. Um, what is a technical expert slash director? What exactly do you do? Yeah, my work for FIFA, well, I'm not, I'm not the technical director, but I'm, a, I'm what's called a high-performance specialist uh, for FIFA, so we work in a number of countries, and me particularly focused on trying to improve what they do with developing their talents uh, around the world, and then eventually you see them in teams like we'll see in the, in the coming weeks here in uh, Oceania. Okay, right. So your job then is to help, is it help the the, the association, the football associations of the different countries, yeah. or is it to help the individual clubs yeah. improve their, their their young players and everything like that? Yeah, the associations, and very often you know, it, it, it's a case of how well they work with the clubs in their country, which mm. is where you know the clubs are kind of, uh, the players are developed. So, yeah, it's interesting. There's a, obviously a range of challenges around the world, and it's good to see the differences. I mean, you look at your group, uh, and that's a diverse group, right? With uh, yeah. ourselves, Australia, yourselves, Nigeria. Obviously, obviously, Africa's always interesting. Composition and Canada, they've done quite well before. And women's football is obviously strong there. So, yeah, diverse range of cultures. Diverse chances, of course, in this uh, in the unpredictable group stage. Yeah, group stages are always like that. I mean, it's funny. You, like I remember Spain uh, openly saying that they were disappointed with the kind of run they had in the late eighties and into the early nineties, and them, you know, operating like you do as a, as a technical expert and saying we're going to change how we coach our kids and we're going to eventually have a generation of kids who will play football a different way. And then we fast forward to. 2008, 2010, 2012, Spain, yeah, yeah. unbeatable. They won everything. They won two Euros and a World yeah. Cup. I mean, they, if I'm right in thinking, they won the World Cup and conceded two goals in the entire tournament. It was ridiculous. But, you know, you can yeah. you can put these things in place and then you can genuinely see the fruition of them in a generation's time. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, they're a great case. And Holland's another great case. But now you look at uh, England... Uh, not just in the male game, of course, but in the female game. But, you know, England have made huge efforts and strides to kind of revise what they do in the last decade or two. And then then you see how well they're doing internationally. And then, as you saw, they won the under-21s. Um, women's women's Euros champions, yeah. Massive growth. Yeah, the massive growth. And women's football's massive here, the, the largest growth sport. We, uh, I was at an under-12 tournament this week. and Well, sorry, this week it was a male tournament and last week it was female under-12s. And for the first time, there were more female teams entering than males for a, for a big tournament. So, that's incredible. And that's even before the World Cup. You know, so we're hoping, as indeed many host countries are, that 
the legacy and the and the kind of uh, supercharging you get from the game at a World Cup is mm. something we're looking forward to. We, we need that here because it's the biggest participation sport, but not the, the sport that gets the biggest revenue uh, or TV money. So we're hoping that this will be a real eye-opener when they, they see the, the, the world game that it is and the size and scope and scale of what will happen. Mm. Uh, it could be a game changer. I mean, you might you probably read that England, after they did so well in the Euros, I think it was something like 800,000 new female player registrations the That's season right. after. So yeah. it can have a huge impact. Yeah. And, I mean, investment is massive as well. Sky have done an incredible job in, uh, in getting behind the women's national yeah. team here and, um, you know, just boosting the profile, making it accessible for young girls to get into yeah. it. Why do you think in Australia that so many young girls are, are getting into it and now it's overtaking the, the, the boys doing it? What, what are the factors, do you think, that have led to that over the last couple of years? Well, yeah, it's not as well documented, but the, the national team, uh, which we call the Matildas, because we give our teams nicknames, as you know. <laughs> uh, Matildas, yeah good, yeah, good or bad, but that's what we do. Um, and the Matildas have had some... Over the years, just slowly getting better and more engagement between perhaps the female players and the fans has been has been recognised. I know the male players address that now, but our female players would always stay on the field an hour, two hours, sign every little girl's shirt, do all the selfies, and you can see that so many young girls looking up to these female players as as role models in many ways and showing them there is a pathway in the game. And now that's being accelerated by the fact that we have, you know, Australians, you know, obviously Sam Kerr, who's a, a legend at Chelsea. We've got two girls at Manchester City. We've got a girl at Arsenal. We've got a girl at Real Madrid. So now that now young girls are actually seeing, well, there's an international career in this, in the same way that the Harry Kills and Tim Cahills, etc., on the male side mm, yeah and you're right about that connection with the fans I think that's something that's very special about the women's game and perhaps it's actually the smaller numbers at the game you know in, over the last couple of years which is obviously growing hugely now but the smaller numbers initially allowed that connection between the players and the fans in a way that the men's game yeah. has long since departed from that where players are separated by you know, rows yeah. and rows of security guards and often running tracks and all yeah. manner of things. So there, there is a real connection. I think that's going to stand. It's such a good point that that connection, that belief that these role models you see are are just like you. They're just further down yep. their career path as footballers. It's just amazing. I mean, I, I coach young girls and we bring them to the games and you just yep. see the connection, the, the influence it has on those young girls and, and their faces when they see and, and talk to and touch their actual heroes is amazing. Yep. Yeah, and, you, and you're right. And I, I was at a, a, a workshop in Japan a couple of weeks ago with eight of the of the Asian nations. Um, and what was what was mentioned by one of the um, delegates there was that it, this, it could be an opportunity now for the female game to learn from some of the mistakes of the male game, mm, things yeah. that are kind of enshrined culturally. That you know the young the young boy just put the headphones on and just walk past everybody and. You know, it's it's a rare occasion when someone, you know, a male stops to shake hands with, um, yeah, with a young boy or a young girl or a, you know, an unfortunate guy in a wheelchair. But it's more of a rare event. So what this guy was saying, and we really dug into this in the workshop, was, yeah, what what could we do? What can the female game do to avoid as it professionalizes and as the money eventually comes? 
that they don't go into the cultural habits or mistakes that the you know the money drenched male game has allowed itself to fall into. Mm. It's a great show. Yeah. Just been trying to pick up on your accent there. You don't sound one hundred percent Aussie. What's your background, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> I was born in London, but I'm I'm full of, I've been here since 1985, um, and yeah, Australian part. My British passport's lapsed, lapsed. <laughs> I'm, I'm fully Australian now, but yeah. the accent the accent just hangs around. I think. Yeah, yeah. it's a lovely lovely mix of London and Australia. Actually, it really is. It's great. <laughs> and were you yeah, always into uh, into football? How did you end up in in this career? Because I think a lot of sports fans would be listening to you talking. Oh, I was here in Asia, and I've been here doing this, that, and the other. Yeah. I know you work with. Um, is it Sydney FC as well? Yeah, yeah, Sydney a professional club here, and so uh, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm, I guess I'm one of those. Um, no, I don't just inspiration, but I, I never pl- I played, but I never played a high level. You know, you know, we were British champions at college, and you know, a bit of semi pros, but not not a big name player. But going to coaching very early, and you know, if you love the game and you study the game and you put the hours in, and you actually do some work to show that, yeah, well, look, you, you didn't play at high level, but you contribute to the game and you bring value. Um, so it, it it was one of those kind of careers that, uh, because of an injury, I was lucky that I started coaching in my twenties. Uh, did my first coaching course when I was twenty one in England. So, yeah, I think, you know, whether you've played or not, I think what you have to do is do the work, you know, do the hours, do your time and really study the game, but also, yeah, demonstrate that you want to contribute, um, not just to the, a group of players that you work with, but I think a, a tenet or something that stands you in good stead is if you're actually, it's clear that yeah, the game is more important than you. than you. And I guess you might have experienced as a coach, um the sooner you learn it's not about you it's about the players but also yeah. it's about the game and no, about Kelly it's, uh, it's gone totally to Dave's head I mean he's got the jackets with his initials on them hang on hang on Kelly walking up and down with a megaphone you, roaring at the children you are talking to <laughs> and I mean you're, you're, in, you're in great company here Kelly because I am the Hackett Cup winning coach 2023 <laughs> so lest we forget my, my under 11 side beat everybody else and we won the Hackett Cup and I'm yeah. so I'm bringing this to FIFA well, actually, let, I'm qualified let's just see where Kelly's loyalties lie I mean he's got this high power job at yeah. Sydney you know and with FIFA but you know would he go the extra mile like you Dave Kelly like Dave his, his under 11s had, a, had the Hackett Cup yeah. final uh, he had already yeah. booked a trip to Germany to see Metallica on the Friday night and the Saturday and the Sunday night. So he flew back and after the first gig in the middle of the night, yeah. got the final and then flew back to see Metallica. Is that something that you would do? Well, I think that's something that you'd automatically just get given your pro license just for <laughs> yeah. what they recognition of prior learning or something. You can get that yeah. through. But Straight I will through. say, I, I will say what, what I've noticed that uh, there was a point when I was I've been involved for a while. Then my son, my first son, started playing at under six, and you soon realise that that's the hardest gig in the world coaching. <laughs> And I think, well, as soon as you take the word coach out of your head, the better it gets, that yeah. you're just a facilitator. Yeah, let them play um, football and let them enjoy themselves and play for as long as possible. That is definitely the, the key to being an exactly. inverted commas coach at that age group, yeah. Well, look, Kelly, it's fan- fascinating to talk to you. How are the preparations going for the World Cup itself? Are you involved in anything that's going on there? Have FIFA been leaning on your expertise because you're now a local Australian? No, because as you'd as you know with FIFA, there's so... Yeah, they've got a massive workforce here, you know, taking over whole hotels and the logistics is 
first class. So, no, not involved in that. I'll be going to games, obviously. We have a... I go to New Zealand a week today, so we've got a workshop where we're bringing together all of the Oceania nations, which obviously doesn't include Australia, because you might know Australia's part of Asia now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, New Zealand, Fiji, Vanuatu, Samoa, Tonga, Cook Islands, we're bringing them together for what we call a knowledge exchange. So... My role would be to help what we can in terms of you know, technical legacy or development ideas to on the back of the World Cup to see how we can you know turbocharge what they're doing in in the islands. Brilliant. Um, New Zealand's a bit of a kind of big fish in a small pond because it's New Zealand plus the islands in yeah. Oceania, but massive potential. You know, tremendous athletes, but obviously huge challenges with resources. Uh, and money and facilities. They have huge challenges with bringing players together. You know, some of these countries have got different islands and you want to bring players together. They've got to be on a boat for six hours. I mean, yeah. just, it's, it's mind-boggling. D- different challenges, yeah. Well, listen, before we let you go, we want to fast forward to the World Cup final and be we'll be humble for a minute and we'll take Ireland out of the potential World Cup final. But I want to see where your loyalties lie. England versus Australia, World Cup final, who are you cheering for? Australia, 100%. There you go. It's, it surprises a lot of people. If England played Argentina in male football, I, I go for Argentina. They're my, they're my favourite football nation for about 15 years now. And, right. Um, if, not to take too much of time, but I knew this happened when Australia played England in male football in 2005 at Upton Park. Um, so, you know, 18 years ago, but two young players that I'd coached, one of, one of them was Harry Kuehl, and you might remember Brett Emerson, who yeah. played at Blackburn. Two young guys that had the kids they both scored in that game and I was screaming <laughs> and at 4am waking up the whole you know street and I kind of went to myself oh I think I think I'm Australian now right, well, that <laughs> yeah. definitely makes sense but look Kelly Cross FIFA te- technical yeah. expert thank you so much for joining us all the way across the other side of the world we're jetting out there on Monday so you never know we might cross paths but thank you for chatting to us yeah, reach out when you're here, mate. We'll have, a, we'll have, a, we'll have some dinner. Love Great. It. Love it. Thanks very much, Kelly. See ya. See ya, Kelly. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. you go. Kelly Cross, technical expert for FIFA. Fascinating You'd job. love that gig, wouldn't I you? I would love that gig. Wow. It's amazing. Like yeah. Developing the strategy for a for an f- entire national football association. Incredible. I'd love it. We could do it to you. If you want. Maybe you step into the man's game there, would you? <laughs> Just go down to Abbastown, kick no. open the front door and go, hack and scope. <laughs> Dermot and Dave, weekdays from 9am.